0: Are you ready to bring your real estate game to the next level? My name is James Prendamano. I'm the CEO and founder of PreReal, and over the past 25 years, I've closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate. Each week, I'm meeting with outstanding investors, high-performing individuals, and visionaries operating in the real estate space. These are the people that are actually out there in the real estate game right now, getting it done. This podcast aims at bringing anyone's game to the this is the Pre-Real Podcast. Welcome everyone to the show. We're joined today by Rafael Cortez. Uh, Rafael is the CEO of the Pulse Group. Uh, Rafael is one of these incredibly high energy entrepreneurs uh, that seems to have this drive that from a very, very young age has absolutely been out there killing it. And and by the tender age of 23, seemed to have accomplished more than most people accomplish in a lifetime. So Rafael, thank you so much for joining us today. James, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're described as a, a second-generation entrepreneur. Can, can you just speak to the audience about what you mean there?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, I was raised by, by a single mom, and um, this is a border town. So I actually grew up in a border town, which is San Luis. It's a little bit further south of Yuma. Um, but nobody knows that town. Everybody just kind of connects Yuma, right? Anyway, so it's a border town. Um She was a single or she is a she she raised me as a single mom and and she set up her shop. So she had a mom and pop like little grocery store in Mexico. Uh, So when I grew up, I I grew up thinking that owning your own thing was that was a norm. That was a regular thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I, I feel like a lot of stuff that I'm doing, the curiosity that I have and the drive that I have and, and whatnot, it's really adopted from, from um, the stuff that I saw growing up. I mean, she would, you know, kind of do whatever she wanted with her schedule because she had, uh, you know, my aunts working in the same, uh, you know, grocery store and whatnot. And, and uh, she, she got to the point where she owned her options, right, at her, in her little, you know, sphere um and again i thought that was the normal thing so it uh, one way or another you know you, you you get conditioned right to to think a certain way as you're growing up and i think that's that was a big big factor
0: so do you think that can be taught
1: absolutely absolutely you do yeah i do i i think uh, there's a. Uh, I i mean we we have we're a combination right we're a combination of natural behaviors and, and learn behaviors or borrowed behaviors. So then you probably heard me classical conditioning right that stuff that we are exposed to is stuff that we adopt and we start to uh, model our behaviors uh, and habits after that kind of stuff. Um, now with that being said, if you're around a, an environment where you know nobody's producing, it doesn't matter if you're the smartest tool in the shed, uh, nothing's going to happen. There's got to be a combination of the two right? Um, and on the opposite side of the token to kind of, you know, address your question, I think that if you put yourself in a space where you're surrounded by people who are producing, where you're surrounded by people who are thinking bigger than you are, uh, where you're surrounded by doers and people who are actually taking action, you, that's going to rub off on you. So it's, it's totally something that can be learned. Um, and, um, better, better, even it, it's, it's, uh, it can be, you can borrow motivation from somebody else um if you if you just put yourself in that you know type of space
0: and you were the youngest (laughs) is it true you were the youngest firefighter in Yuma County ever
1: yeah well I mean not ever I'm sure there's somebody else you know but at that point I was the youngest uh firefighter there I mean I literally turned 19 um and uh, on my birthday that's you know I was working there when I turned 19 I was I was a fireman in wow in, in Yuma and um and yeah, it was, it was interesting because I would show up to uh, fire, you know, to the fire scenes and EMS scenes and whatnot. And people would look at this 19 year old kid, like, are you taking my vital? Like, what are you doing? Where's your dad? Uh, so, so it was just, you know, an interesting experience, but again, just putting myself in, in, in the path um, of, of, just people who knew more than, than I did, uh, putting myself in the pad. Like, for example, captains loved me because I was, I was always asking questions. And, and, you know, I think if I were to say that I have a virtue, it's curiosity. It's, it's, it's yeah, I mean, I, I, I work a lot. I mean, I, I know a thousand guys that can work just as hard uh, as I do, right? Um, but I think curiosity has been one thing that's led me. Uh, to to the experiences that I've been able to have. It's just I'm just curious about things. Like I wonder how that works. I wonder how this conversation can go. I, I wonder what else can be done here. And and what if? What if that? What if question and, and the, being inquisitive about stuff. I think it's one of the things that has really positioned me. Um, it, just in the path of things and then taking action. Right.
0: <laughs> how do you make the jump from medical transport to real estate and and several derivative uh, operations. You, you've got uh, several organizations underneath the Pulse Group. Uh, where, where does that connection come in?
1: So um, I, I launched, I, I got my first paid client. So when I launched, I started working on the business, like I said, and putting it all together. But I got my first paid client in 2007. Um, and that's when I, you know, jumped into the transportation industry. And uh, I, I did well, I landed a couple of contracts with, uh, with the government and, and uh, I grew the company. So uh, by 2009, I had some cash just you know, built from that and I wanted to place it somewhere. Uh, I don't know a thing about real estate. Um, I mean, I've heard you know, that you come in and then fix. All I knew about real estate was the construction work that I had done prior, uh, which was framing houses and then dropping concrete and that kind of stuff. I didn't know how any, any of it worked. Uh, so 2009, I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna do a flip. I can, you know, I can swing a hammer. Let's, let's just go ahead and take on my first flip. Um, and, and the business started running. Right. So it was, I mean, I had dispatchers, I had drivers. Um, I had, I already had a, a, you know, a good, a good solid, you know, size fleet at that point. Um, so I had some time on my hands to just do something else. And I went into real estate, did a couple of flips and, um, and yeah, so 2009, 2010, uh, the prices were crazy. Uh, 2011, even you could buy properties for a fraction, like 10% of what you can buy them right now. Um, so I did a few of those, and then I came across uh, wholesaling. Um, and uh, I mean, that just made a, a ton of sense. To me, it made a ton. I, I didn't really like dealing with, I was already dealing with enough people in the trans- transportation business, you know, drivers and mechanics and people in the, in the team. Uh, and then dealing with, uh, you know, contractors and subs and, and handyman and whatnot, it was like, it was becoming heavy, right? And then I came across wholesaling. I was like, wait, you can do, uh, you can sell your vested interest in the property and, and you, I don't have to, I can make a profit and I don't have to worry about, you know, swinging hammers or any of that stuff. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I just, I, I took that as my, uh, my big MO. <laughs> and, uh, and I've been, you know, doing wholesaling and I still flip. So we cherry pick flips but we mainly focus on on wholesaling.
0: The thing I love most maybe about real estate is that uh, no day is ever exactly the same. And there are several opportunities within the opportunities, right? There's, there's a lot of different ways you can monetize this, this industry, if you you have all of the disciplines pulled under one roof. Uh, So uh, if you could describe for the audience, uh, you said you cherry pick some, why would, what's the incentive or what are the reasons that you landed on, on the wholesaling side instead of the full execution side?
1: Um, It's easier. Transactions are a lot faster. I mean, you can be in and out of a deal in two, three weeks. Uh, meaning that you get it locked up and then you find a buyer for it. You push it, you clear title, and then you get paid. And, and uh, if you know how to negotiate deals, right. I mean, you're talking big, big spreads. Um, I think our average right now, our average spread is around $32,000 per deal, uh, which is, I mean, it's a good healthy spread, right? We have a very specific way of negotiating deals and and, and working it from both sides on the seller side and on the buyer side. Uh, and at the end of the day, like it still makes sense for the flip. Um, so I, I mean, I got to practice a lot of that, a lot of those closings and, and, and putting it together. So it just makes, um, you know, I'd rather make $30,000 in three weeks than maybe 45 in, in two months.
0: Identifying the deals, you, you've broken out your leads similar to how we do it. Um, cause someone that's looking to buy, uh, a- of one family fix and flip is not the same person that's looking at raw land. It's not the same person that's right. looking to buy a, a, a multi million dollar shopping center. You're right. targeting your lists as uh, the typology fits. You're copying these things out through local resources and some third party sites. Are you buying anything out of state or is everything localized?
1: No, out of state, we'll stick to wholesaling. We won't flip. Um, I'm not holding out of state either uh, yet. So it's it just, I have different things in the burner. I'm building a, a software right now for, for um, it's a full operating system for wholesaling. Uh, so I'm caught in that project and I have a couple other things going on. Uh, so outside we'll strictly, I mean, right now the model that we have is just push it. We'll assign the deal, double close on it, double escrows. So I,
0: I, I don't know if there's a space I'm more excited for. We're also uh, developing proprietary software. Mm. I feel like that is 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 the... The one place where there's absolutely it feels like unlimited opportunity and insane growth opportunity.
1: Absolutely. I think so, man. I I, I think there's uh there there's a lot of stuff out there, but what this is what happens, right? This is what happens. A lot of tools that we use as investors, um, a lot of them are put together by by coders, right? They're put together by, I mean, the code is done by coders, but um, the actual infrastructure, the flow, the the model of the business, the model of software is put together by somebody who knows code. Uh, you know, these people are engineers. They, you know, they. They work well that way, but they haven't done the business. A lot of these nope. people have no idea uh, you know, how a wholesale transaction works, how, you know, where the little gaps are going to be in, uh, how a fix and flip works, uh, and where you know, you're going to have deficiencies and you're going to have bottlenecks in the process. If you're sitting down and thinking theoretical about anything, right, you can write three books on that thing. Uh, just by the stuff that comes into your, into your brain, right? Ideas. Uh, but until you put it into practice and you're actually in the trench doing the work, that's what we, the real questions don't come up. And I think that's, a, it's one of the big things that are, uh, uh, that we're lacking in the space of of technology, like in, in real estate specifically, right? In, in uh, investments. So... Uh, yeah I'm, I'm uh, my thing I, it's not going to be a lead generation thing I'm focusing on uh, operating system I want uh, and I actually have it I actually uh, I house I house the 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 model I house it inside Podio so I have a Podio set up and it, it really runs the the entirety of my business uh, so I'm taking that and doing a standalone software but I it's uh, you have to do Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of, you know, you have to be in it consistently to fine tune, to be able to see how you can lean it out, how you can make it better and improve it. Right. And you, you can't see that from, if you're not in the business,
0: something you touched on earlier. uh, Also, again, I give you a lot of credit for it because typically people don't, don't understand this until it's, it's much further down the line and they've done a lot of damage in their organization. We call it operating in the gift. Um, you were, you referenced it in the context of not taking a deal maker that is a fine tuned machine, right? A deal maker is a special breed, and dropping them into eight hour cold calling sessions every day. Yeah. Um, is this stuff that you learned through the psych- the the psychology classes and the degree that you took, or where did all of this start to to weave its way in?
1: Yeah, so I've been I've been playing with uh, with this well. I mean, some people like video games. I like I like psychology, and uh, I I dove into uh, disc assessments and profiles very early on. I mean, I'm talking about maybe 2009. That's when I kind of got exposed to that. Um, and and we're all algorithms psychologically. We're algorithms, right? Uh, we are wired uh, in in certain ways. So there's we have natural tendencies. We have natural um, natural cycle. Um, natural behavioral strengths that were just kind of you know come out of the womb out of the box we are just wired that uh with those now to that you add on learned behaviors you add on you know different skill sets you add on exposure you had you know your parents had tenacity you borrowed tenacity right um but we're, we're going to be naturally wired for something and uh when you're when you're able to hire based on on the strengths of what the role needs here, here's one thing that happens and and um let me know what you think about this but the, here's one thing that happens people will do for example a personality assessment for hiring right and they're like oh cool i like this i like this person but they'll do the personality for um they'll hire for the um for for the person as opposed to the the uh, the qualifications of the actual role uh meaning if you have somebody who's an introvert who's very uh you know, they're not social. They, they like, you know, to have that steady, you know, slower, more controlled, more predictable space to operate in. Mm-hmm. You can't put them as an acquisitions rep because that's highly volatile. You're out there all the time. You're engaging with people. It's a people business. It doesn't mean that they can't do it. It doesn't mean that they can't do it. Now, here's the difference. Uh, all it means is that you're going to get burned out. You're going to get tired a lot faster. Uh, for example, um, I'm good with spreadsheets. I I'm like uh, I I'm really good at creating the fancy ones with the you know the graphics and then doing all kinds of tricks. I've just been working on spreadsheets forever, but I know that I can only handle spreadsheets for maybe two hours at a time, um, and then I'm just I'm fed up. I was like, oh the hell with this! I need a break, right? Because I'm adapting my behavioral style to the analytical side, uh, and it's not my natural strength. So um, on the opposite side, you know, the the same is true for somebody who's in acquisitions. If you're familiar with the DISC assessment, you're looking for like your ideal acquisitions rep is going to be somebody who's a high driver uh, and has a a good high secondary um, um, influencer uh, uh, profile or influential profile. So a DI is it's kind of like the uh, the mold for acquisitions hiring. Uh, Your profile is different for lead management. Uh, Your profile is going to be different for dispositions, you don't need the same behavioral traits or strengths. Right. So if you're able to kind of see that and hire based off of that, and then to that you add, um, you know, attitude, and you can train for for skill when they already have that, uh, that wiring. uh, I mean, things just, you know, flow better
0: people talk about mindset coaching and people talk about the buzzwords but yeah. to see it in practice at this level is is pretty damn impressive man you should really be proud of what you put together i think it's amazing where do where do folks find out more information
1: thanks i appreciate it um the uh, so i'm pretty active on in instagram somebody wants to shoot me a message um uh dm or whatever rafael cortez ceo um That's my handle. And you can find me everywhere as Rafael Cortez, CEO, uh, YouTube. I post a lot of content on YouTube. I have a uh, podcast on entrepreneurship, uh, series on wholesaling, uh, where I break it all down. I mean, I just give strategies and tactics on, on how to do real estate, um, uh, wholesaling. And, um, yeah, I do a lot of videos on, on mindset and just entrepreneurial principles as well. Uh, YouTube channel. Yeah.
0: Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm real impressed and, and that doesn't happen very often. You've really got this on lock, man. Congratulations on, on the success. I'm excited to see where you go next and uh, we'll certainly be in touch. Thank you so much,
1: man. I appreciate you having me and then giving me the opportunity to uh, come and uh, talk to your audience. It's been a pleasure.
0: Uh, Yeah. I appreciate the time. Uh, As always, everybody out there, please stay safe.